Yo, what's good? It's your girl, Becky the Poet, the host of Unspoken Words Podcast, here to tell you about Poet with Words, where the bartender pours up and the poet brings the words. Enjoy spoken word, live music, sounds from DJ Waukee at the People's Last Stand. To learn more, follow Unspoken Words Podcast on Instagram to see when we'll be pouring up next. What's good podcast? Are you ready? Your number one source. To all the keys in the industry. With Brianna Javon. Is the What's Good Podcast. What's good? Hey, ladies and gents, this is your girl, Brianna Javon, with another episode of Let's Good Podcast, and we are in season five, and we are still focusing on the film industry. Today, we have a new guest. His name is Jeremy. How are you? What's going on? I'm doing good. How about you? Well, for a Monday, I'm doing good. <laughs> I know, right? We're making it, huh? <laughs> All right. So as you guys know, we do not do interviews. Instead, we do genuine conversations. So let's get into it. We always start off with icebreakers. So are you ready for your icebreaker? Yeah, oh, I, I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it's not going to be terrible. So I think when I announced that I was doing the film industry, I didn't really know too many people in my community. So I reached out to everybody and I was like, hey, tag some folks so I can reach out to, right? You were somebody, shout out to Levi. Um, He was like, hey, you know, he's good people. Go ahead and reach out to him. So why do you think that you were recommended to be a guest on the show? Oh, man, that's that's a, oh, God. Uh you know what? Probably because, um, well, I've, I've been doing it for a decent amount of time now, at least locally, I'll say. Um, but more recently, I've really kind of started uh, doing or being a part of different projects that are kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Have a little bit of notoriety to them. Um, and I've been collaborating with people over the years. Like, I mean, you know, just, I mean, I'm all about collaboration. So I think that my, my name may be out there to an extent. I'm not saying that I'm just that guy. Cause I would never like just claim that. But, um, I think that, you know, um, I've, I've had my hand in enough pots to where people kind of know like, Oh, Jeremy, like, you know, he, he does a lot of different things. And, um, so, so I, I could imagine that that's probably why um, I probably popped into more specifically Levi's mind. Nice, because I saw that you have so many titles and we're going to get into it, but actor, producer, director, singer, I mean, just the whole nine. So I'm excited to get into your story. Now we're going to get into the genuine conversation. We always start off with who is the guest. So for you, who is Jeremy English? Well, that's a loaded question because um, I, I guess the, the the better question is how much time do you have? Okay. Well, I'll try to condense it as good as I can. But um, Jeremy English is, um, I mean, literally everything that you just said, he's an, an actor, um, writer, director, producer, singer. Um, I actually am in... <laughs> And I'm finally starting to just uh, own this part, too, because I, I just never felt like I was really doing a lot with it. But I'm also in ministry to an extent. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, too. But um, but yeah, and then my, my, I have my corporate career, too. I work in human resources. 
Um, I literally do a lot. I do, I, I do a lot, but, um, but that, that's me professionally. I think personally, um, Jeremy English is just, I think Jeremy English is a really good person. Um, he's a loyal person, um, someone that um, is really big on uh, pouring into the lives of other people. Um, and that's just in everything that I do. Um, I try my hardest to be as selfless as possible um, just in everyday life. And I mean, of course, being in, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have their thoughts and opinions on HR, but um, my approach to human resources has always been to help people. Um, I know some people see HR as kind of like the big bad wolf of every company, but, you know, really good HR professionals work hard to kind of um, get rid of that stigma. And that's, you know, one of the things, one of my biggest goals in my corporate profession. Um, but even, you know, in my, my entertainment career, um, I'm all about um, just, it's so much, specifically in Dallas, there's so much talent out here in so many different um, areas. I mean, whether you're um, a singer, you're a rapper, if you, um, you know, do spoken word, if you're an actor, actress, um, you know, whatever you do, any type of musician, um, it's just so many different people that express different forms of art in Dallas that I think it's really important that we do all that we can to kind of uplift one another, to bring awareness to that talent that's, you know, in this city that we love so much. So um, that's really what drives me um, every day. And it's just a large part of, like I said, just who I am as a person. Love it. So I want to take it back to Jeremy at 12 years old. If somebody had asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was your answer back then? Um, so I was a very, oh man. Okay. Let, let me get, uh, let, let me give a little bit of, um, uh, uh, I guess context too. So, um, I, my girlfriend and I have had conversations about this all the time with, um, especially like people of our generation, meaning, you know, millennials, um, we were kind of programmed, especially African-Americans to, you know, kind of have that steady plan, which is like, you know, of course, graduate high school, then find a college to go to, mm -hmm. get your degree, and then find a really good, stable career and, you know, start a family and, you know, retire and then, you know, that, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that we as African-Americans have done a really good enough job of um, pushing the agenda of really following your true dreams. Mm -hmm. um, and your dreams may be something that's kind of a little less conventional than the normal, um, you know, that normal path that our parents kind of, you know, imprint in our heads. Mm -hmm. So for me, I always had, you know, if we're going to go back to 12 years old, um, I had a, a bit of a, a battle, you know, going on in my mind of what I wanted to do with my life because it was like, okay, I know what my parents are kind of trying to get me to do, <laughs> um, which is, you know, finding that profession that, I, you know, I'll go to college and get a degree in it and, you know, pursue it. But then there's the things that I really wanted to do in my life that were, you know, a little less um, stable, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, 
the first part was I thought that I wanted to be an architect. I thought. Um, then I started. What'd you say? At 12? At 12, yeah. Yeah. So I had a really big fascination with um, with houses. That was just, and I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, like just the, the overall design and construction of, of homes. That was just always something that I've, I've had a really big um, interest in. And even like when I was even younger than that, like nine, 10, um, I would, you know, with Legos, like I know a lot of people, you know, kids would play with Legos and stuff, but I was like, it was not a game to me. Like with my Legos, I was legitimately building houses where it's like, oh, the, here's the master bedroom. Here's the master bed. Like I was literally like building it, like almost like, you know, what architects do, but right. just like with Legos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I kind of, you know, figured out like all of the other areas of architecture that I would essentially still have to do outside of just um, homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of the math that goes into to getting your degree in architecture, I was like, I don't know if that's the right fit for me. But mm-hmm. at that time, that's what I really thought I wanted to do mm-hmm. uh, from from a from a profession standpoint. Um, but when it comes to my dreams and what I really, really wanted to do, um, music was my first love. So I fell in love with music. Um, honestly, I, I I can't even really remember exactly when I fell in love with music, but I fell in love with music from the standpoint of being a vocalist mm-hmm. with Usher's My Way album. Mm-hmm. And that was the album that really... Um, I know for Usher, because he, he had made music before that, but that was the first album that really like kind of um, solidified him as the artist that we know him as. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being a kid watching his music videos back then. And like, you know, it was very influential to, you know, me back then. I was I think the My Way album came out when I was like eight. Right, right, and, right. And, you know, seeing him, he was almost like our like. He was like MJ Jr., you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it was just really dope to see a young dude with that type of, you know, that type of music, that type of vocal ability, that type of stage presence, all of that. Like, it was just, it was intriguing to me. And it made me feel like, man, I I, I want to do that, mm-hmm. you know? And so... Um, I, I started out like actually trying to sing when I was like eight. Um, and then, um, I remember it was like one day, um, I was actually singing in my room. I was like nine and my mom came around the corner and was like, was that you? I was like, uh, yes. (laughs) And then from there, like, you know, it just, that's when it that was like that first moment where it was like, oh, maybe I, I can sing a little bit. <laughs> so I just kind of like kept going with it. And by the time I was a preteen, once I turned 12, you know, mm-hmm. since we're talking about year 12, mm-hmm. that was what I wanted to do with my life. Like I wanted to be an artist. I, I wanted to be a recording artist. Um, and I honestly didn't even know about anything else out outside of that, mm-hmm. you know, regarding entertainment. I just knew I wanted to be a singer. I love it. So you mentioned ministry earlier. Um, uh-huh. Did you grow up in the church and were you in the choir? How did that go as far as you, far as you get in the practice of being an artist and getting in front of people to build that stage presence? Yeah. So 
the crazy thing is for the longest time i it it was a a weird thing and i think a a lot of singers have this uh, well not a lot but a fair amount of singers will have this slight insecurity about their their own voices like when you hear it yourself Mm-hmm. Um, so when I would hear myself record, I was like, this is trash. What what what, what on earth? Um, but like other people would tell me that I sounded good. So I was just like, I I, I guess I'm I, I mean, I just kept doing it because I love music, right? Um, but I so I grew up, um, I was literally born and raised at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship Church. Okay. Um, you know, the home church of Dr. V, Dr. Tony Evans. Um, and yeah, my family started going there when my dad was a teenager. So we're like, literally like some of the like original members of OCBF and like my, my entire family goes there. But, um, I actually was not in the like children's choir at OCBF. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't actually start singing in church until I started going to my grandmother's church from time to time. She, um, actually was a part of an AME church. Okay. Um, in West Dallas called um, Gaines Chapel AME. Okay. And they used to have me sing at that church. And it was a small church, like really, really small church. And so like, it was really easy to like get over like the stage fright mm-hmm. as opposed to a large like mega church, like mm-hmm. OCBF singing in front of like, I mean, a congregation of hundreds or thousands, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so that was really where I kind of got my initial um, start of practice. But even then, I really, even like when I was in high school, I didn't, I wasn't in like any gospel choirs. I thought about getting in like a gospel choir at, um, I went to DeSoto High School. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, it wasn't until I got to college that I started um, my, my first couple of years at Prairie View. Uh, that's uh, uh, right. Yeah, HBCU all day. All day. TV, you know. Uh-uh, um, you know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, no. See, so, see, now we got to end the interview. See, c- come on. Come on. I thought we were going to be it. friends. And now, <laughs> no, I was just playing. I was just playing. But, um, but yeah, so I would say definitely at Prairie View, that's when I really started to just kind of, I started to find my voice more, um, you know, to, and being able to, because, I mean, we used to perform, I was in like three different choirs. <laughs> I was in, I was in um, BSM, at like at, actually on campus and then we had a um an on-campus chapel that had um a choir called sounds of faith i was in that and then the uh church that i actually attended which was um in um uh, uh i'm gonna say huntsville in hempstead <laughs> it's like a little town outside of prairie view uh-huh. um called mount corinth uh-huh. um and i was in the choir there and so I mean, I literally was performing, like singing, like all the time. So that really was where I kind of like started to find my voice um, as far as ministry is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was referring to earlier, though, I actually started, I rededicated my life to Christ in 2013. Mm-hmm. And I started the company I was working for at the time. Um, we actually had a, um, um, a like a weekly a Bible study that like a few people would get together and do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had um, come across 
this uh uh our daily bread like daily devotionals yes. and I was you know, we were in Bible study one day and I was like oh you know I, I started reading these devotionals do y'all mind if I start sharing them with y'all and they were like yeah definitely and so I started sharing them and this was in 2013 mm-hmm. and it started out with like four or five people in the group mm-hmm. um, and now here we are eight almost nine years later and it's about 70 people in the group mm-hmm. um um, and so I, yeah, I send um, a devotional every day, Monday through Friday. Um, and then every other Friday, um, I open up the floor for kind of like a virtual um, prayer request slash praise report um, circle. Um, so um, what'd you say? And you're leading it? Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, I started it in 2013. Um, I wanted it to serve as kind of like something that, um, you know, people can just add a little bit of Jesus in they in they work day because I know it'd be several days d- during my work week where I need a whole lot of Jesus. So I just be like, I- I'm sure that there are other people that feel the same way. So I send it literally every well, I, I try my hardest to send it every morning, but then sometimes like my morning will get crazy and then I have to send it in like the afternoon. But uh, but I send it every day, Monday through Friday, um, just to like I said, just uplift everybody as much as I can I know that everybody probably doesn't read every single one but that's okay um you know whenever you're able to read them you know it's there like you know and I send them and then of course like I said we have the um the prayer the virtual prayer circle um every other uh Friday and I mean it's been I mean it's people in the group that don't necessarily know each other Mm -hmm. um but I mean there have been several times of people you know in their that I've just met throughout my career, um, praying for people that, that I, I mean, people that I met at one organization, praying for somebody that I met at another company. So, and I, and I think that's just so dope to, you know, how it's come together like that. And so, um, my, my girlfriend was like, she, she literally says, she was like, so, you know, you're in ministry, right? And I was like, I don't know if I would call it that, but you are. when I like really like sat there and thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, it kind of is. So <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's amazing. So I do at the, uh, towards the end of the show, I want you to make sure that you invite people. Yes. To, so we'll make sure that we have a time to share that information. Which so gears. Now I want to get into production. And I, when I hear production, I think about so many different things, like, you know, being an executive producer, assistant producer, if that's behind or in front of the camera, whatever that may look like. I want to know, how did you start with being um, an actor? Um, I know you mentioned writer. You have many different titles when it comes to production, mm-hmm. right? So I want to know, was it like some theater in there because you are a singer or was it just straight acting gigs? And then, you know, on the side, I'm still doing my singing. How did that start? Yeah, so it did. You, I mean, you're you literally hit the nail on the head. It started with theater. Um, I was so I went to Prairie View for two years, and then I transferred to UNC, and that's where I graduated from. Uh-huh. And my junior year, when I transferred to UNC, um, I found out about um, a, a black theater organization or collective. Um, on campus called CAST, which stands for Collaborating Actors, Singers, and Talents. And um, I actually went to their first meeting Mm -hmm. and um, it was actually a a lot of people in there. It was probably like 40 people Mm -hmm. um, in like that first meeting of of the semester. 
Um, and they were just, you know, they did like little um, like theater exercises, like improv stuff. And um, and then they also talked about like their first production and then when they were going to have auditions for it. Um, and so I was like, well, I was going to go for it. Um, so I had never auditioned for a stage play in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this stage play was called, it was an improv based show. It was called um 30 bits of reality and it's basically it was 30 skits based on like reality tv okay um and so (laughs) i auditioned and for my monologue judge me not please for my (laughs) monologue i actually did bernie mac's um monologue on the stripping industry from the players club and (laughs) And the crazy thing was, um, I was really like worried that it was gonna be too much. Mm-hmm. And I later found out, which by the way, I got casted. Nice. And I later found out that that was like what sealed the deal because they're like, oh, he he not scared to just like go go to there. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you know Players Club and you remember that scene where you know Bernie Mac is like you know sworn in um Ebony, mm-hmm. um, and he's talking about like how the Stripping business got started. It's, it's kind of um, it's kind of X-rated the way he's speaking kind about of. it. Um, <laughs> and so, I, you know, the fact that I, I guess the fact that I wasn't like afraid to like just go go there in my uh, monologue. You know, they, they said that was kind of what sold them. So that was literally the start of a whole new beginning um, of uh, of a um, a talent and a. Um, a passion that I didn't even know I had. Um, so it was like, it started there. And then all of a sudden I was in like every production that they had from, from then on. Um, I was in an HIV awareness production that we had called a shot in the dark. I was one of the, um, one of the leads in that production. Um, that show actually had, um, um, original music as well. And so that was my first time, doing I guess kind of like musical theater um and that was when the the first time I sang on a platform that was like that big because the the show was in um it's a an auditorium that UNT has called the Lyceum um and it seats like 500 people and so I was just like really nervous about that but I mean back then that was like when like Twitter was like I mean, Twitter is like, of course, big now, but this was like the beginning days of Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so like everybody was tweeting the whole time. And I like after the show, like went and like just looked at everybody hashtagging UNT shot in the dark. And I was seeing like all the stuff that people were saying and people was like, I didn't even know Pop-Pop could sing and this, this, and that. And I was just like, oh, so, you know, it was, you know, again, it was like the, the start of like me really like just coming into my own as a performer, all that good stuff so I was in a bunch of different shows with cast I wrote my first production um called Shades Rebellion in 2012 mm-hmm. um that show also had original music um and I, I just did that like literally all throughout college and then even after I graduated I did Dream Girls I did The Wiz I did Black Nativity um so I just continued to perform um, but I knew that there was more that I wanted to do outside of theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, why don't I start with like a web series? And mm-hmm. so in 2014, 
I did, I, I wrote a web series called 3048. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I guess the best way to kind of categorize is almost like the, the male version of girlfriends almost. Okay. It was basically, I don't know if you've seen, it's a show on uh, BET Plus, I think called uh, Bruh. Yes. I mean, I saw, I've seen commercials, but I haven't seen it, but I know what you're yeah, saying. Well, I, haven't, I haven't watched it either, but from what I've seen in terms of like the premise of the show, it was like, bro, this is literally my show, mm-hmm. but that <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But, um, so, um, so yeah, I, um, so I started there, mm-hmm. um, and I did not know nothing about nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I was literally just kind of like, taking stabs in the dark of just like, okay, we just gonna figure it out. I had a homeboy from high school that um, did cinematography and I was like, okay, like, let's just like go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, We held auditions. Thankfully, I was living in a building downtown that had a really nice um, conference room that we could use for auditions. So it looked real professional, even though we didn't know what the hell we was doing. Um, and yeah, we got it casted and we filmed over the course, we filmed the entire season, nine episodes. Mm-hmm. We filmed the entire season over the course of, I think, two months. Yeah, mm-hmm. like two months. Okay. Um, and I literally, in all honesty, and, and this can you know serve as uh, kind of, I guess, advice to people that are wanting to get into film and don't really know like what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of research, like literally just going into Google and like how to start a web series. Like, and I was, but I also was researching things like how to um, create a production schedule and stuff like that. And I was trying to model my web series after not necessarily a web series, but an actual scripted series on the small screen. Mm-hmm. Because that was the quality that I wanted to be able to create. Like, yeah, it was going to be on YouTube. And I'm like, I shouldn't, you know, lowball myself. Like, let's make it as high quality as possible. Mm-hmm. So I literally modeled it after, um, what show was it that I, I, I can't remember what show it was at the time. It was a scripted show that but I literally looked up like, and it, you'll be surprised at what you can find out there. I found their actual production schedule, a copy of it. And I literally just kind of like copied and pasted <laughs> in terms of like creating the schedule to be able to, you know, coordinate, you know, all of the, cause obviously we weren't doing scenes with every single, every single actor every day. Um, so just kind of like working out those optics. Um, another thing was making sure that I had additional hands um, on deck. On, on set, I should say. Um, so I did have um, an assistant director and then um, I did have, um, she was kind of like a production assistant um, that kind of helped out with just like making sure we had everything that we needed. Um, it was a decent first shot. Um, definitely not my best work okay. <laughs> at all, but it was my first time. It was my first shot at it. Um, and it was a learning experience. So again, you know, just kind of advice to people that are wanting to get into film. Um, don't be afraid to just go for it. Um, you may end up 
you know, not, it may not be everything that you had hoped it would be the first time around, but still use it as a learning experience to be able to grow from that one. Because I can, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like each of my productions have gotten better because I learned things along the way that I was able to apply to the next, um, the next um, production. So I do want to rewind a little bit because you said so many different nuggets, right? I want to go back to you just being bold. And if I had this as a mindset, I'm going to just go ahead and do it. Example, with the whole Bernie Mac monologue, you were like, this is what I'm going to do. No matter what the situation is, I know I'm going to do it and I'm going to make it happen, right? And then going back to your first film, you were like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to call some friends. We're going to come together and we're going to get this going. So, of course, you're going to have people in your mind like, should you have done that? Are you, do you, you never done this before. So what are you doing to prepare for it? So I want to know what those conversations look like on your end to say, I understand what y'all are saying, but this is a goal and a vision of mine. Um, okay. Well, the main thing is I would say is making sure that you have the right people on your team and in your corner, because everybody does not want to see you win. Mm-hmm. I know that that sounds harsh, but it's a harsh reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, when it comes to your vision, I mean, you know, Erica, ba- Erica Badu said it best. Keep in mind, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my, okay. you know, so <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, like it's, you know, you're going to always put more into your vision than other people will in most cases, but you still need to be able to find people that are still going to be invested in your vision and see the vision. Um, Everybody is not supposed to be or meant to be a part of every project. It may be somebody that you've worked with in the past Mm -hmm. that um, maybe, you know, this just isn't the right fit. Um, for them to come on board. Um, and only you can, you know, really figure that out. I think it's, you know, I think having those conversations in the beginning of like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, what do you think? You know, is this something that you would like to be a part of with me? And then, of course, use discernment because people are very um grimy out here people Mm -hmm. will definitely steal your ideas Mm -hmm. so i would say approach with caution um Mm -hmm. you can still like you can actually get ideas copywritten now i mean if you want to go that far in the beginning you could but i mean i mean i didn't do that (laughs) just because i just feel like it's an extra step that's not necessarily necessary Mm -hmm. um and then, I mean, of course, there are like NDAs that you can like have people sign and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's more so once you are getting to the point of like, oh, I'm, you know, we have the finished product. I'm speaking with people to get it pitched and all that good stuff. We can we can talk about that a little further down the road. But as far mm-hmm. as in the beginning, I think it's really important to know who it is that you're speaking with that you're trying to get on board because everybody's not supposed to be a part of it. Everybody's not going to have your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I, I can't stress this enough. People will definitely, definitely steal your ideas. So you have to make sure that you're approaching with caution. Mm, yes. I, th- I think all of that's good because what, what do they say? Um, wolves and sheep 
You know that saying? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this is what it is right now. Um, like, you know, a, <laughs> what is it? A, a wolf in, in sheep's clothing or what yes, is it? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but that yeah, is our like that. reality, unfortunately, where you feel like, oh, okay, I'm going to, you know, talk to somebody just on the strength that I know that you're my friend and they're going behind your back like okay I can just make this better I'm gonna make this my own so I'm very yep. grateful that you said that but on the other end you just have to be careful who you have around you not saying yeah. that everybody is bad but you just got to be careful with who's around you and use that discernment of okay what's the reason for this person being around me how can I contribute to them how can they contribute to me yeah. and that's why I want to go back to you when it comes to collaboration as you mentioned from the very beginning you love pouring unto other people mm-hmm. so I want to know from your standpoint was that something that was like just in you as a child or is it something that just grew in you as you got older just being around more people as you mentioned you went um to several different colleges I know for me that's when I realized that I was a real people person when I went to school I was like hey I love networking like I really like like being out here you know (laughs) so for you where did the spirit of I just want to collaborate and support people where they are where did it come from um, you know what? I kind of always had that that mindset, and I think it's more so because um, I don't know. That's just my personality. I'm just not a person that really cares about being, you know, the you know that guy or you know the king of whatever. Like, I, that's just not important to me. It, it never really has. Um, I do what I do. Um, entertainment and corporate career I, I do it for the enjoyment I do it for um the love of it all um so for me it's it's never really I I just don't care about like I said being on top um and I just am a firm believer that you know you definitely get what you put out um and and it's not to say that I I'm only like trying to do right by people because I want them to come back to me. But I mean, that is a factor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but even above all of that, like contrary to what people may believe, mm-hmm. there is room for everybody to win, like multiple people to win. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why so many people feel like they have to undercut certain people to win it's like nah like you really don't have to do that like you can literally help and uplift one another y'all can work together like in this I mean you know you you putting other people on they you know who knows you know you have these positive interactions and positive work experiences with people you never know how that person can like you know pay it forward with you in the future so it's just like you know I again I, I feel like there are there's there's bags out there for everybody mm-hmm. there are wins out there for everybody mm-hmm. so I mean for me I I just I, I think that it's it's just best to kind of because I know that this is something that's definitely been known in Dallas specifically mm-hmm. we kind of have that um crabs in the bucket mentality where it's like everybody is just trying to like it seems like it's, you know, everybody just want to be number one. Mm -hmm. But when you look at like some of the other cities, like, you know, Atlanta and New York and Cali and, you know, of course they're going to have their fair share of, you know, selfish people that just want to be on top. But I feel like they have a lot more um, camaraderie, like as, like as cities. Um, And I feel like that contributes to, 
why those cities are kind of where they are, right. you know, with, you know, all of the success that they have, because, you know, you, you see a lot of the, the people like collaborating and working together. Um, and I mean, realistically speaking, like we're, we're only human. It's only so much that you can do as one person. Okay. You should want other people to help you because it's only going to make your stuff that much better and, mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. So it's just like, you know, I, I just I, I truly, truly believe that we are better together. That's just that's just my philosophy. Mm, OK, so because I feel like this next topic, well, this next question I'm going to ask you, we could talk about it for days. So I want to narrow it down to one business tip that you would provide to someone that wants to be an actor, actress, um, wants to be in the writing scene, producing scene, whatever that may be, just being a creative, what would be one business tip that you can give them as starting up or starting a new project or whatever that may look like? That is a, that's a really good question. If I had to narrow it down to one, um, uh, I, I, I hate to do this, but I don't know if I can narrow it to one. Okay, you know what? It is one. The, these two are intertwined. Okay. So the part A is go for it because I mean, you can't just be out here dreaming and like literally do nothing. I mean, regardless of if you're a Christian or not, you, you definitely know that faith without works is dead. So if he's going to be out here like thinking like, Oh, you know, I, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. And, you know, you just, just thinking that, you know, I don't know. L.A. Reed is just finna knock on your door or Issa Rae finna knock on your door. Like, it's just not, it don't, it don't happen like that. Right. So I, the, the first tip is to just go for it. I mean, what, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the worst that can happen is like, you, you, you may not, you know, 100% succeed the first time, but I mean, who does, mm-hmm. you know? So um so it's you know go for it and keep at it um so that's that's part a part b is definitely definitely do your research because i don't think that you should just go into things blindly mm-hmm. um i think that yeah you know you want to you know have your your um fair amount of fearlessness and just going for it but go for it with um go for reasonably <laughs> because like it's like you know I'm not about to and I know some people will do this um and it works out for some people but I I just I don't think I could do it but I would never like just move to LA or move to New York on a hope and a prayer now granted the hopes and the prayers will be there mm-hmm. but I'm still going to have a plan Yep. And it's the same thing with, you know, if you want to do things locally, if you want to just go for it, you're starting up a web series, you want to start, you know, going on auditions and things like that. You still need to plan for that. You need mm-hmm. to prepare for what does that realistically look like? Mm-hmm. Um, because you, what you don't want is to go into it blindly and then you fall so hard that it discourages you. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, I mean, the, the industry is even on a local level, the industry is, it's tough. It really can be tough. So, um, again, you know, of course, do, like I said, just do your research. Um, you know, as an example, as an actor or an actress, if you want to do 
um, film, you know, since since we're, you know, we're mainly talking about film, um, you know, having, um, you know, a monologue, well, more than one, um, a couple of monologues, typically contrasting monologues mm-hmm. um, on deck. Like, so whenever you do come across um, any type of audition that you want to go to, um, at least you're prepared for that. Um, and then also, you know, if you're wanting to do like, you know, performing in general, if you want to do like musical theater and stuff like that, of course, the um, the um, the monologues will definitely help you, but also making sure that you have a song prepared too. Mm. Um um, and then, you know, if you're, you know, just an overall, um, like a producer or, you know, a director or something like that, um, again, do your research. You know, what does that look like, um, you know, starting up a, a new project? Um, what Financially, what is that going to cost me? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are resources out there like um, crowdfunding, but... <laughs> Crowdfunding doesn't always happen, like in terms of like, you know, finding people to fund your projects. Um, Sometimes you'll get people that will, um, but it doesn't always happen that way. So if it is a situation where you don't get that, um, literally, you know, like I said, doing that research to see like, what is it going to cost me? Because if I'm not able to get funding, I may have I may have to Mm self-fund. And if I have to self-fund, am I prepared for that financially? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just, again, overall, just doing your research of what does it look like to start up, you know, whatever it is, whether it's starting up a new project, auditioning, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Nice, nice, nice. People, you got a plan. Cause I hear that all the time that I want to go to, um, Hollywood, I want to go to New York and I'm like, well, are we going to get it together before we go? Because God may not want you to go to Hollywood. He may want you to stay in right. ministry here. Right. <laughs> so definitely. I, I definitely agree with you. Sometimes it may sound good, but it's not good for you right now. So yeah, yeah. I am yeah. so grateful that you said that. All right. Yeah. So which years, our next portion of the conversation is called our highs and lows. Highs and lows, basically, you know, what are you something really, really proud of? Jeremy, you did this. Papa, you did that. Pat on the back. So let's start with your highs. Anything that you can think of right now you would like to share? Um, you know what? I will say just kind of where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have definitely had. Well, let me let me not get ahead of myself. Where I am now, um, more specifically, like with my current project, um, it is, so my current project, The Crib, um, if y'all haven't watched it, it's basically like a, um, it's like a cross between Tiny Desk Concert and Rap City The Basement. So we do live music sets and also interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a concept that I came up with in the middle of the pandemic because I was like, well, what can we do since like, you know, for performers, like we weren't able to perform. Right. Um, I had did, I did Black Nativity in December of 2019. And that was like, before that, I was really just doing film. I had kind of stepped away from doing stage productions for like about four years because I was only focusing on film. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 20, at the end of 2019, doing Black Nativity, I was like, I right, like, I'm going to go ahead and get back out there. And then 
boom, the pandemic happened. And it was just like, oh, no, nah, you ain't going to perform right now. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, well, I don't want to just like not like be able to do stuff. So I was like, you know, what's something I could do potentially like at my house and, you know, like just something fairly simple. Um, and I don't know what it was. I just, I think I was, I don't even think I was watching Tiny Disc, but I was like just on YouTube, like looking at performances and stuff like that. And I was like, I feel like it would be really dope if we had something performance-based that spotlighted Dallas artists. And I was like, hmm, how could we do that? Especially since we're in the middle of a pandemic and like really ain't nobody going nowhere. We can't like, you know. So that's when I was like, well, I could, you know, my 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 crib is, you know, decent in size. I was like, I could do something here. I mean, we've done stuff in my crib before. So I was like, huh, oh, we'll do that. And then like all of a sudden it just all started just kind of piecing together in my mind. And I was like, I'm just gonna do this. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do it. Um, and like really going from like it being this really small, like microscopic idea in my brain to seeing it like now, like as a full, like finished product. And now we're literally, we're, we're filming season two next month, you know, just like looking at like how it turned out, Mm -hmm. um, the quality of this project and, I promise I'm not, I'm not a boastful person. I'm not. But the quality of this project to me, mm-hmm. and I am biased, but to me, the quality is along the lines of something that you would see on like an actual network. Mm-hmm. And that was a really high moment for me looking at, you know, where I kind of came from. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got into film in 2014 didn't know what the hell I was doing and like now like seeing my project literally looking like you know something that could be you know alongside you know some of the the biggest shows out there so regardless of you know the awareness that the show has I mean you know we just started it like I wasn't expecting to hit a million views you know for the first season um but that wasn't my goal my goal was to get it out there get it started um and have this formula because um, I knew that once we put it all together, I was like, this is actually going to be really easy to mm-hmm. produce, mm-hmm. very inexpensive mm-hmm. to produce because we're doing it out of my house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, we can like this can be like an ongoing project project. And so like for me, I was like, OK, let's just get this thing off the ground. Mm-hmm. And we got it off the ground and the reception um, from, you know, just people on like social media and stuff like we, we would get views on, um, Lord on YouTube, but mm-hmm. like the bulk of our interaction really came on Instagram. Okay. Um, cause a lot of people would like watch our videos on like IGTV and they would watch our reels and stuff like that. Um, like, I mean, we would get a decent amount of views, especially for it to be, you know, our, our first season, you know, we're literally self, we're independently producing it. Um, we don't have like anybody promoting it or backing it. So it was just, I mean, just in general, it was in its totality, a very high moment for me, just seeing the finished product and how well it's being received. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm still 
on a high from it. And that keeps me going to want to move forward with, you know, seasons in the future. So like I said, we, we're literally, we're starting filming season two on the 27th of December. So. That is amazing. I want to say congrats. Cause I saw it and I was like, this is really professional. (laughs) This is really. (laughs) Thank you. Looking at the snippets or the clips on your Instagram, it made me want more because the way that you would kind of advertise it a little bit, they would only give like a little bit of the answer. I'm like, well, I want more of the answer. Let me go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So it was just really, really good. And I can say congrats because like you mentioned, it does take a lot for us to be us creatives to produce during the pandemic. And you did that. So congrats. Yeah. Thank you. No, I really, really appreciate that. You're welcome. So let's go on the other side of the spectrum when it comes to our lows. Anything mm-hmm. that made you question, should I continue to do what I'm doing? Um, you know, having those hard conversations with God, it's not it's not looking like how it's supposed to look, Lord. Um, how do you push through those moments to get to where you are today? Because of course you're still here, you're producing, you're writing, you're doing everything um, as far as film. So what was that moment that made you question it? And then on the opposite end, what made you push through it? Um, so, <laughs> and this is actually, uh, I mean, it's not quite a low right now, um, but it is something that I'm still like, I'm, I'm still getting my mind wrapped around it. Um, but so in 2016, 17 yeah 2017 it's like lord the the year is just anyway so 2017 we worked on a reality show um that we were and i'll say we um me and my business partner um chris lee um he is the ceo of um true work media and he's the person that i worked with on the crew Mm-hmm. So that that professional quality and stuff like that's that that all comes from well not all but a, a, a lot of it comes from from him. We work together on that. Mm-hmm. So we worked together in twenty at the end of twenty well no summer twenty seventeen to um to put together um a, a pilot for a reality show that would be based out of Dallas. Okay. Um and the name of this um, reality show is called Up and Coming. Mm. Um. And and I'm I'm comfortable talking about this because the show is copywritten. So if somebody's watching this and decides like, oh, I'm finna, nah, nah you can't. So um, <laughs> so um, but it was what I my thought process around it was I wanted to, of course, like I mean, reality TV has been like, I mean, I mean, at the forefront for a, a while now, at least a decade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we have never had one in Dallas. Now, I know they had like, you know, like Real Housewives of Dallas and then they had Little Women Dallas and like, it was like a couple of like little ones here and there, but we did not have a reality show based out of Dallas that showcased the Black people in Dallas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there is like this stigma or like this um, persona that like, in Texas, like people outside of like the South, like they think that we, you know, ride horses to work and stuff like that. So I was like, nah, we need to show like what, you know, it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, like I said, you know, bring awareness to the black community of Dallas. 
Right. Um, and, you know, just all the different people in Dallas that are just doing big things that are up and coming in their career. So we had um, we had a girl that is a um, a fashion blogger and a stylist. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a girl that's a makeup artist. We had a female DJ on the show. We had a guy who's a personal trainer that owned his own gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the show <laughs> myself. Um, and that was like the I, I'm I'm not on I'm not a part of all of my productions, but this one I was like, well, in order to like make all of the storylines connect, I was like, I'm literally introducing everybody, so I was like, I I'll be in like season one, like if it gets picked up, whatever. So, so anyways, we gonna put it out there in the yeah yeah. So so we finished it in 2017. We got it completely edited. And at the beginning of 2018, and then we just like started going just at it in terms of getting it pitched. Mm -hmm. Um, We were going into it so boldly because originally we were, excuse me, working alongside um, a guy. Mm -hmm. I will not mention his name, but um, a guy in Atlanta that is in the industry that was going to be um, helping us get it pitched to Viacom. So he actually worked on, (laughs) I can't, I'm I'm, I'm not going to give away like actual titles of shows, but he worked on a very prevalent show, reality show uh, that is on Viacom. We'll just say that. Um, and he is, um, he had a very strong connection to my cousin who was also on the show. And, um, he was, you know, we had already, like, before we even started filming, um, when we were casting, we were in conversations with him about, you know, what the process would look like and all that good stuff. Well, it got down to the wire. Um, and once we finished, we had to finish product. We were staying in constant communication with him and it came down to it. It was time for us to go ahead and send him the finished product so that he could start helping us pitch on our behalf. Um, and dude just went ghost still have not. That was three, almost four years ago. Still haven't heard from this man. Still haven't heard back from him. Even cousin that has a strong connection with him. He she hasn't heard from him either. I still I have my personal theories of like what might have happened. But, but um yeah, neither one of us have ha- exchanged any type of words with him since then. Um but again, this serves as a reminder to everybody like I I'm, I'm still glad that I got it copywritten because you know he couldn't actually take my actual finished product and pitch it because it's like, oh, no, this is mine. This belongs to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But that didn't stop us. We still um, attempted to to still get it pitched. Um, Spoke with a couple of people that I had some connections with in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of the people that I spoke with in LA were just like, it's good, but... And it was always a but. It was like, so one of my main goals was I didn't want it to be a show that was like super deep rooted in the drama. I was like, it's going to be drama because it's like it's people and different personalities. Like just naturally it'll happen. 
And we did have some drama in there that naturally happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, that is not going to be the premise of this show. Right. That's not. And I'm like, I know that there is a market for a show that is not going to exploit black people. Yes. Via reality TV. Mm -hmm. So that was my overall goal. And then in so many words, every person or every executive that I spoke with in LA in so many words were telling me that they thought it was too boring because it didn't have enough. um, It didn't have enough drama. And of course it was like, you know, it was a a, a shot to my progress. I'm like, I think this ish is dope. Like what y'all talking about? Like, like a show, a, a reality show does not have to be, you know, hair pulling, drink throwing to be right. good. And right. we've seen that with other shows. Like, I mean, T.I. and Tiny, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's an example. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other shows. Um, it was a show called Southern Charm, New Orleans. with Like, mm-hmm. it's mainly Black people on that show that comes on uh, Bravo. Uh Um, so I mean there are definitely shows that aren't like they have drama but it's not all about the drama so I was just like I know that this is possible to do Mm -hmm. Um, and I I don't know after the situation with the person in Atlanta and then having those meetings with the people in LA um, I definitely started questioning myself of like is this really as good as I think it is? Um, you know, am I, you know, focusing my efforts where they really need to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of stayed in that spot with that particular project for a long time, like mm-hmm. a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of tabled it because I was just like, you know what, you know, maybe right now isn't the time for that project. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, let me focus my energy and, you know, on other projects. And, you know, if those pop off, then of course, like that just opens the door for this project because for, for up and coming, because I'm like, you know, Hey, you know, you, you, you just never know. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> about well, like two or three, maybe four months ago, I see that Issa Rae is putting out a reality show based in LA mm-hmm. that is literally literally a mirror of up and coming. And of course, I don't have any, you know, I don't have any like proof or anything like that, that anybody that I spoke with took my idea to, you know, to um, Issa Rae Productions or uh, what, what is it called? What, what's her production company called? Um, so, oh Lord, it's Ray something. Ray, Ray something productions. I don't have any proof that anybody like took my, my show over there or anything like that. So I'm not even going to like, just sit here and say like, ah, they sold my idea. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to like sit here and be um, cocky and say that that happened. However, I just found it very, very, very interesting uh-huh. that it was, I mean, all the way down to the, the aesthetics of the cast, like, so many of the people were in similar industries of the people on my show. Mm-hmm. Um, there was people on the show that looked like people on my show. Um, and then, of course, the overall premise of the show is literally the exact same premise, just in L.A. So that was definitely a very um, low blow for me, like when I just saw that. 
But then when I talked to one of my homegirls who was actually, she was my um, production assistant on Up and Coming. She, um, you know, I had a conversation with her about it. She's like, yeah, I saw that. I saw uh. that. <laughs> and so I was just like, am I tripping for feeling the way that I feel? And she was like, nah, nah, you, nah, you're not tripping. You're not tripping. But remember all of those executives that told you that this show wouldn't work. Clearly, somebody is making it work. Right. So maybe that should be ammunition for you to press forward with that project. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? You might be right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it it was it it definitely was a low, but um, we're we're currently in the process of turning it into a high. I'll say that. I love that. Because even if you were to reach out to, to Issa and give her her flowers and say you did amazing with this. But yeah. I feel like we can bring this to Dallas with this type of cast. Right. I mean, yeah. she already sees the vision already, right? Yeah, definitely. So you to bring it into a different location. You got LA, but let me show you what Dallas can bring to the table. Exactly. 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 So, I love, shout out to your assistant producer because some people may be scared and let me stay in my place. I don't want to step on any toes, but she took the initiative to say, Hey, even though that may happen, it's still a blessing in a disguise of what can happen in the future for us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to my girl, Candace Williams. Cause that, yeah, I, I just had to shout her out. Cause she definitely, and she always like is super uplifting with like everything that I do. I have now these, I can't talk about yet because I don't have them copywritten yet, but I have, scripts that are like that I haven't started pitching yet um and she's I mean she's like she pretty much reads every script that I write just because she well she's a writer too mm-hmm. um and so she enjoys reading scripts and and books and stuff like that and she like always is like giving me like kudos on just like just going after my dreams and stuff and and then of course like when stuff like that happens with up and coming she's always like very reassuring so shout out to candace williams if if she out what what yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to make sure she she sees this because i want her to know how much i appreciate her come on candace we love you girl <laughs> all right so um we're towards the end we always leave off with a couple of things, um, but this one in particular is one free advice. I want, I mean, you've been giving advice this whole entire time. So um, let's keep it short and sweet. Anything that you want to give the people to just encourage them to go after their goals. I feel like with me and, you know, being a mentor, you've been as long in the industry as you have, we have so much to give to people. Certain yeah. people are putting price tags on it, which I feel is so ridiculous. ridiculous. It's, it's <laughs> beyond me when I see these price tags about certain things. So one free advice that you can give somebody that's watching today that they can take with them to apply tomorrow. Um, I would definitely say um, know that you are as dope as you know that you are. I think that will sum up everything because there are going to be moments that you may actually get in your own head. But if you keep sight of the fact that you are dope, you are dope in whatever it is that it is that you want to do, um, of course, still continue to pour into your craft. But the, the foundation of that craft is that you are dope at it. And that will give you the, it should give you the push to keep going after it. Um, 
And again, like I said, I feel like that'll be the basis of everything else that you encounter as you continue forward. Um, so yeah, anybody watching this, just know that you are dope. Know that you are um, you are worthy of um, attaining your dreams. Um, don't let anybody tell you that you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and just go for it. I know I've said that several times, but I mean that. Like, literally go after whatever it is that you want because you don't want this life that we live in to be over and then you literally leave this world with regret of, you know, not going after those things um, that were important to you. So the time is now, as we see, life is way too short. So the time is now, just go for it. Mm, good okay so tell the people where they can contact you if that's instagram website just keep up with all things journey yeah so um well okay well i guess i'll start with my my instagram my instagram is paul that's p-a-p as in peter a-w underscore dot d-o-t underscore paul so it's like my nickname is papa like country term for grandpa um, and then um, I am on Facebook as Jeremy Pawpaw English. Um, my last name is English, like the language. Um, and then also, um, if you want to, um, well, and this is all of my social media, but if you want to um, follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn, um, if you, if it's somebody that's watching this, that, um, I, I mean, of course I, I know that this is about film, but I get people literally all the time asking me about how to get into HR. Cause it's like, I mean, and especially if you're an African-American or a minority period, it's not many of us in HR. So mm. come on, you know, come, come on over. <laughs> um, so you can, uh, find me on LinkedIn, Jeremy English. Um, and then, um, as far as like my, my shows right now. Um, the crib, um, we are on Instagram at the crib is T H a crib Dallas. Um, and then we're also on YouTube, the crib Dallas. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm on Twitter. Bible study. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Bible study. Um, if you are, um, or my, my devotionals that I send out, if you would like to uh, be a part of my mailing list, um, shoot me an email. Well, you can reach out to me on social media uh, or any of my social media, or you can shoot me an email um, and I will get you added to the list. My email is JD as in dog, English underscore 90 at Yahoo. Um, and yeah, either way that you want to reach out to me to get added to the devotional list, I will definitely get you added right then and there. Um, and yeah, and I, I do have Twitter, but I'm never, I don't ever use it. Me Not anymore. Me yeah. I used to use it in college, but I just, I don't, I don't use it anywhere. <laughs> it's all right. Well, okay. So this is the last one. It's called motivational moment. It's either a quote, Bible verse, or anything of that nature, just for us to say our thoughts. I'll say mine first, and you say yours, and it's a wrap. So today's motivational moment is a quote. I don't know if it's Regal or Regal J. Dawson. I just know he's a pastor in Flint, Michigan. But he said the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is the steps you haven't taken yet. 
So um, it really hit me because, and I've said this a couple of times, affirmations are good until you put action behind it. I am so tired of people preaching. You got to talk good over yourself. Yes, that's the first step. But when you talk over, like when you talk over yourself with good things, you want to make sure that you apply those things as well. Like, I'm going to have a beautiful day. How are you going to have a beautiful day? And you're crying and you're sobbing. Now you're messing up somebody else's day. You know, I feel like it's very important for you to take that plan and put some action behind it. Oh, I'm going to event or I'm going to start a project next week and then you haven't even got your spiral out to start writing down notes or jotting down ideas it just sounds good because it looks good in front of other people so what are we doing to accomplish like are we getting some milestones together like what are we doing to move this project forward so I just want to say there's nothing wrong with affirmations I know people are going to be like it's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with talking good of yourself but at the same time what are we doing to push forward and make it a lifestyle I'm going to live well. I'm going to eat well. I'm going, I am beautiful. This, 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 and that. What are we going to do to make it a reality? Not just words. What are we going to do with adding actions to those words? And what are those steps so we can get those things accomplished? So when I read that, those were like some of the things that I was thinking about. What about you? Um, you know what the uh one of one of my favorite Bible verses is Second Corinthians five and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. Um, and I think that that can also serve as kind of like the premise of everything that we've been talking about today. Um, you know, I, I know I, I mentioned that you know, of course, faith without works is dead. But you know, to break down the 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 verse itself, it said. Don't ignore the fact that it says, for we walk by faith. So the verse is instructing you to walk, which means, you know, take action. Mm-hmm. But when you are taking action, make sure that you're doing that in faith and not just by the things that you see, mm-hmm. um, because there are going to be things that you're going to see, especially on your journey, whatever that journey is, that can, you know, potentially discourage you if you are operating um, in, in on the flesh and only the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, as humans, we are flesh and blood. I mean, that's what we are. But it's very important to make sure that you are leaning on your faith as a human, as a child of God. You need to lean on your faith in every single thing that you do. Um, because that is really what's going to get you through. Mm -hmm. If I were to honestly pay attention to all of the stuff that was in front of me, um, every time that I've started any project or any venture, or even, even if I go all the way back to when I started acting in college, Mm -hmm. if I like literally just would have looked in front of me and was like, I ain't got no acting experience. I ain't never like been in no improv show. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I wouldn't have gone for it, but I have faith that at the end of the day, like, you know what? I enjoy performing. I enjoy making people laugh and be entertained. And so I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go for it. Like, of course, I'm gonna prepare me a monologue. It was not the most Christian monologue at all, but uh, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm do all that I can. Um, and and you know, I'm gonna I'm have faith that God is going to. I mean, another Bible verse um, that you know I'm going to take delight in the Lord. He's gonna grant the desires of my heart. Mm. Um, I have faith in that. Mm. Um, so, um, and I'm sorry, that's uh, Psalm 37 and four. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, and that, I'm sorry, Psalm 37 and four is 
the take delight in the Lord and he will grant the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just wanted to clear that up real quick. But uh, but yeah, above all, like I said, um, leaning on your faith in literally everything that you do. Mm-hmm. But again, do not ignore the beginning of that verse. Yeah. For we walk mm-hmm. by faith. It don't say for we stand if or we or we think in faith. No, it literally says for we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, so you know, again, just kind of piggybacking on everything that I said, just go for it. But you know, of course, plan, do what you need to do, but do all of that in faith. Indeed. This was a blessing. I am so <laughs> thankful for you. This was so good. So, um, thank you for having me. This is this is fun. I I I'm real uh I, I can be weird when it comes to like talking about like my own stuff. Cause I just be I be tunnel vision so many times that I just be like, okay, so you know, that, that question of like uh, you know, what what is it that you do? I'm like, hey, what do I do? So, you know, I I but no, I appreciate you know the the opportunity to you know just express myself and you know hopefully. Um, encourage somebody that's watching this that like, hey, I don't have it all figured out. I'm I'm keeping real with y'all. I really don't have it all figured out, mm-hmm. but I that's not gonna stop me, and it shouldn't stop you. So, I love it. Well, I just want to say, everyone, please, please, please follow Jeremy and all of his endeavors. Um, I am excited for you. I want you to keep me updated with everything Definitely. you do. I know I follow you already, so I'll just be creeping and seeing what's happening so I can support you in any way that I can. Um, With that being stated, for everyone that's listening, if this is morning, noon, evening, or night, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What's Good Podcast, and we will see you next week. Deuces. See (laughs) y'all. Hey guys, for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram at what's good underscore podcast or my personal account b.javon underscore. Javon is spelled J-O-V-A-H-N. You can catch me on Twitter, what's good underscore pod C for Charlie. And then you can also catch me on Facebook at what's good podcast. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe and also leave reviews for me to also see. And I can also respond back to you guys. Let me know what you're thinking of the podcast and any updates. Thank you. Have a good one.